0: Well, hello and welcome to today's episode of The Rebound. Looking for talent in all the right places. How Ascendant is revolutionizing recruitment. And I'm Bob Troublecock. And I'm Abe Ashkenazi. And joining us today is Tim Ingstrom. Tim is the Senior Vice President of Supply Chain at Ascendant, a leading wholesale distributor. Tim, welcome. Thank you. Excited to be here today. Well, we're thrilled to have you. This is a topic that is near and dear to both my and uh, Abe's heart's so if you think back to the 1980s, if you're that old, there was a song on the radio, looking for love in all the wrong places. Today, we're going to put a supply chain twist on that with looking for talent in all the right places. When I talk to supply chain managers, they tell me that in the short term, the job pool for supply chain workers, especially if the line, is back to pre-COVID levels. That sounds good until you think about it, because pre-COVID, it wasn't so great. And when we look into the future, it's just a fact that there aren't going to be enough individuals. To keep operations running at current levels, let alone if we experience growth. Demographics is the destiny. But what if we thought differently about supply chain talent? What if we began looking to pools of talent that are currently underrepresented in the workforce, all the right places? That's what we're going to talk to Tim about. So Tim, to kick this off, tell us briefly first about your role at uh, Ascendant, and more importantly, how you got interested in what you call alternative hiring, because I don't think it started in your current role. Correct. Yeah. So my current role at Ascendant, I'm Senior
1: VP of Supply Chain, which uh, basically oversees all components of the supply chain from inventory, procurement, all the way through orders out to the end customers and everything in between. My my journey from an alternative hiring perspective, God, it, it started back in 2008 when I received a video from Randy Lewis at Walgreens of the great work that they were employing within Walgreens and opening up their South Carolina facility in Anderson. And what that did was it, it sparked an idea to see what could we do when I was back at Office Max to implement a similar type of program. So we we tried a couple of different things, you know. My career, you know, advanced. I ended up being um, able to join Walgreens at some point and leading their their U.S. distribution and inheriting the great work that Randy did within their facilities in Anderson, South Carolina, and up in um, Hartford, Connecticut. And from there, it really tapped into the capabilities and really understanding. What, you know, this alternative workforce, and I call it alternative because you're you're tapping into alternative pools of great candidates. And really from there, it was uh, an opportunity to see how you can partner with folks, give them an opportunity, and just the phenomenal passion that folks have. And what I learned most is when you can tap into someone's passion, they can do unbelievable things. And that really kind of started the journey of an interest to see how can I take advantage of this and bring that into various aspects of the supply chain.
2: Tim, let's dig in a little bit deeper here. Um, The term alternative hiring uh, probably is a little bit foreign to a lot of our listeners here. In other words, give us a sense of who falls into that category and why alternative hiring? What's the premise there?
1: Yeah, so for me, it's, it's you have traditional pools. Um, and ways to go and bring in talent in the supply chain. And what I wanted to do is create an environment um, and openness to tap into alternative pools. And those alternative pools included, you know, folks with uh, disabilities, so cognitive and physical, second chance hiring, veterans hiring. And then also how could you tap into you know, high schools in other types of apprenticeship type of component. So I, I didn't want to just go down one avenue. I wanted to tap into multiple avenues and, and leverage that. So that's why we call it alternative hiring. Tim, when
0: I introduced you, you have two roles. And I didn't talk about the fact that you wear an academic hat as an adjunct at Elmer's College. And in that capacity, I think you and your students have developed an alternative hiring roadmap that could apply to any company. Can you walk us through the various milestones along the way? Just tell us about the roadmap and what it entails.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this really came out of my work at Walgreens. The model at Walgreens, they call it a transitional work group. And they they built kind of a, a mock DC within the DC. And what they did was it took the different picking modules and work within a normal warehouse um, that was more automated and they they built that mock facility within the building. They went out and partnered with local agencies around that facility and developed a you know fourteen to sixteen week program where someone could come in and they can learn the skill set, learn the endurance, and build their confidence before they were moved into uh, the workforce. And what I found, and we you know again yeah, we would host tours and other companies interested in this same type of initiative, they would come and visit the facility. And the majority of the folks that were visiting commented that, hey, this is great, but we don't have the capital or the space to go and build a DC within a DC just to support this type of initiative, which kind of you know, sparked a thought for me. And I mentor, I've been teaching uh, at Elmhurst University for 19 years now. And each year in the program, we have a capstone project. And what sparked an idea was to take one of the groups and their capstone was to develop a alternative hiring handbook, um, and we called it HOPE, and to go and be able to implement a similar program without having to create that mock DC and be able to bring folks into an organization and train them and incorporate them within the uh, facilities and the functions of the facility right into the normal operation so that opens up the door for any kind of business to be able to go down this journey.
2: Tim thinking a little bit more about the roadmap in terms of Senate and how you got started I know that you're picking up a lot of the recommendations or a lot of the you know the learnings from the Walgreens Give us a sense. Did you do a pilot program or did you, you know, given that you've experienced it before with, with a full-blown rollout on implementation?
1: When we built the the Hope Handbook, it looked great on paper and we got great reviews for that. But I wanted to go and and test the and make it you know valid and could we actually vet what we put in words into action? And I was working for a small manufacturing company in Elk Grove Village called Leco Products. And what we did is we took that handbook and said, all right, now let's go implement it. And a key component of that was we went through and did a survey of all the em- employees within the operation. We went out and did an audit of the operation and, and looked at two things. One, in the area are the tasks that are within there Something that's, you know, activities that folks can come in and learn fairly easily, build their confidence, just like the Walgreens program, but in a live environment. And then as they do that, they're building their confidence to be able to do more within the um, operation. The second piece of it, and probably the greatest learning we had, was you can develop a program, you can go and get partners, you can have folks that want to come in and work but it's the internal infrastructure, are the folks ready to support this? And do you have the right mechanisms within the operation to provide the best work environment for folks that are learning and building their confidence in this? So we we did twofold. We went out and looked at what were the tasks that we can go and incorporate this and start the journey there and not do it everywhere. And then within that, those areas that were identified, are the workers ready to go and embrace this type of initiative? And in those two scenarios, when we you know went and surveyed the workers, every one of them raised their hands and said, Hey, I'm in for this. I know someone or I have a family member that fits within this category and they have a hard time finding employment, I would be proud to be able to develop this. And that really kind of drove was from words in the research and we put into action and we went from zero percent of the workforce having a, a disability to 28 percent of the workforce having a, a disability within you know a, a 15 to 18 month period of time and it it changed the culture within the operation so folks wanted to now they were proud of the work that we did it was also it changed the environment where folks wanted to come to work every day.
0: And we saw less call offs because of that. Uh, Tim, I know that, you know, as you've been uh, experienced, gained experience with this, you've been collecting data. Can you tell us a little bit from what you've discovered, you know, how the alternative hiring pipeline compares to the traditional hire pipeline, you know, some of the metrics or how the performance of alternative hires compares to traditional hires? Yeah. So we, here at Ascendant,
1: we started in just one building. Um, so I, I have a, a network of buildings across the U.S. and we didn't want to boil the ocean. So we we went through and looked at facilities and we picked uh, Southern California. So it's Paris, California is our facility. And we did the same thing. We, we took the whole handbook and applied it here at Ascendant. In there, um, once we found partners we had candidates come in and do a a tour of the facility. And then we we plugged them into the operations and the functions of the operations that made the most sense. From that, we we looked at that and did a snapshot of when we started to um, a year later. And in that first year, we saw the overall turnover rate within the facility drop uh, significantly. So we went from uh, a turnover rate of 44% for the overall operation, and we dropped it down to 28%. The other component we looked at a hiring class of folks that came through the traditional pool of candidates versus the alternative pool of candidates, and we measure the difference between the two. In in the the pool of that the traditional pool fit the, the normal of, hey, after a certain period of time, we had some turnover. We had where they had a safety incidents or, you know, reported accident um or the call-offs were falling right into the, the traditional workforce that we had. And then the other component was the productivity. If we compare that to the folks that came out of the alternative pools, we saw that turnover rate, instead of being th- 28%. It was 12%. So dramatically different. The productivity was more than double than the traditional pool. And they never called off from work and we had zero safety incidents. So the, what was happening within that facility, and we started to roll it out across the country and seeing similar results, is that not only did uh, the folks that come in from the alternative pools, make an impact from turnover and productivity, their excitement started to change the others around them to perform better.
2: Tim, really interestingly, you know, the the statistics here and really impactful. As supply chain professionals, we always go for root cause. Have you guys started to dig down into some of the root causes of the benefits that you're receiving here? Uh, Some of it from the Hawthorne effect, like people are being watched. And so, therefore, they're, you know, they're much more mindful about their jobs. Give us a sense of what's been driving this other than the great results that you've been having.
1: Yeah, so the... I got to tell you, the, the biggest thing is we we took the alternative hiring um, pool process and we tied it into our continuous improvement operating model. And we're using a lean methodology. A key component of that lean methodology is we put in a tiered meeting infrastructure. And that tiered meeting infrastructure, we, we call it a tier one, which is a shift startup meeting. And in that meeting, we're celebrating the success from yesterday. We're setting the what's on tap for us today, but a key component within that is what we call the action item board. And that action item board allows anyone within that area to either talk about it in the meeting or you know throughout the shift to put on the, the board, what were any barriers that prevented them from doing their best work. And it, it really fits well into, you know, any of the, you know, my learners from the alternative hiring is, you know, they want to advocate for themselves and they're trained to advocate for themselves. And we took that methodology and incorporated that into the daily operations within the buildings so everyone could benefit from it, from identifying any barrier that prevents us from performing our best work and then going and working on it and removing it. And that's where we saw the the greatest improvement that we're now we've rolled that out across the country even pre tapping into the alternative pools is how do we get that infrastructure in place cuz now it's supporting adding in, you know, alternative pools of candidates.
0: Kim uh, another component of this approach you have taken is I think something you call a talent development ecosystem can you explain what that is?
1: Yeah, so we, you know, it's part of this, we have four key pillars within the supply chain. You know, one of it's product availability, other one's inventory productivity and cost productivity. But that fourth pillar is to build the bench. And that is at all levels across the organization. And as we're implementing, you know, our, our continuous improvement operating system, we're incorporating you know, Kaizen events and promoting folks to participate in the continuous improvement. The folks that are participating in that are getting a taste for, hey, they want to do more, which then we've partnered with a, a school here in Illinois, Harper College. And we are folks that have the potential for supervisory roles. We're sending them back to school and we're, we're funding it to get their it's it's called an apprenticeship program, but they get their associate's degree in supply chain. Um, it's a two year cohort program, and we're sending folks to go do that. We are also identifying internal folks that have the potential for leadership roles. And we created a ascending leader program, and we're sending them to internal classes and then an internal capstone project. And then folks that have leadership, senior leadership capabilities. We have partnered with Elmhurst University to incorporate them to go back to get their graduate degree in supply chain. And then they do a capstone project for Ascendant. But with all of those components, what that's doing is we're showing a commitment to build the bench, but it is also allowing folks. We're building a skills flexibility matrix, which allows us to identify what are the skills in each of the different areas, who has experience with that, who is learning that, and then who can train others in that, and others where there's um, no um, background within that. That's allowing us to do job rotation to develop all of the supply chain kind of forward, and it creates opportunity across all of the different functions.
2: If I'm a supply chain leader and I'm looking at opportunities, is it only in the DC or are you able to extend it beyond just the DC?
1: Um, We started in the DC, but we have expanded this outward into all functions within the supply chain.
2: I think that's fantastic. So if I'm a supply chain leader and I'm taking a look at this, What do i do to get started here it sounds like a fantastic project are there champions that i need are there specific staff internally that need to be you know at the point on this give us a sense of how you've started and what your recommendation is for others to get started
1: yeah so for my recommendation would be um to go see Um, there's a lot of companies that have started to do this type of work and they're actually very open To share their learnings with this, because you know this makes it a better community for all. So you know, go do some research on that. The other component is to really look for folks internally they have a passion about this. And I I, I've been lucky to have you know folks at the different companies that I worked at that say, hey, I have a passion. Can I be included in this? And then we learn you know they're going on their learning journey, and it really that part of that learning journey. Here at Ascendant, I call it community management. Um, For the local lead building leaders, they're managing the community within the four walls. And that's building that mechanism with the tiered meetings and the action item boards. And then we're providing them support to build the community outside. And in every part of the U.S. and counties, there's multiple not-for-profits that are looking for company partners to funnel their candidates in through a program like this. And it's really finding good partners that will not just send you people, but they will help you understand the journey and job coach the folks as they're being onboarded into your organization. But I I would say if you're just starting from scratch, it's, it's to take a step back and look internally in how well is your organization at the different layers at communicating work on a daily basis? And how well do they advocate for themselves today to say, hey, here's a barrier that's preventing us from doing our best work. And if you build that infrastructure internally, which helps your operational cost anyway, but if you're able to build that first, plugging in a alternative hiring program is actually fairly simple to do.
2: Tim, I think you've provided a great setup for um, organizations to evaluate how to address what we know is a significant gap, both prior to pandemic and currently, and that is finding competent, capable supply chain talent. I think you found one more avenue that organizations can take a look at to find competent, capable individuals that are committed to the organization, and I'm I'm really impressed by the passion that Ascendant has towards not only engaging these individuals, but providing opportunities for really meaningful work, because I think that's what everybody is looking for. Thank you very much, Tim. That is all the time that we have today. A special thanks to our guest, Tim Engstrom from Ascendant, and thank you for joining today. We hope you'll be back for the next episode, and for The Rebound, I'm Abe Ashkenazi,
0: and I'm Bob Troublecock.
2: All the best, everyone. Thanks.